We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a solo recap of maybe the most exciting Nets win of the season. I'm talking 111-106 over the Knicks, but we're talking a 28-point comeback. A ton of great stuff, including a Cam Thomas dagger. We're going to jump into that and plenty more, but make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. And let's start with Cam, because, I mean, this kid has the clutch gene. He has the it factor, and we saw that tonight in MSG. Nets up three. Final ISO possession of the game. Cam hits a step back three from deep, and that seals the deal. And we're talking about a guy who just stepped up in the fourth quarter, 16 points, 7 and 10 from the field in the fourth, finished the game with 21 overall, really didn't start this one well, but finished strong. And this, this is the type of player that you just love to have in your team. He just has that factor that he's just going to step up when the team needs him to, and he did that in the fourth quarter. And like I said, things didn't roll easy for him early in this game. The Knicks definitely were frustrating him, but he found a way to find his rhythm and really get in a groove. And he was the lead player for the Nets in that fourth quarter. The Nets were playing through him, running pick and roll, setting up himself for mid-range shots, setting up LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, creating advantage for the offense, a specific play that sticks out. You know, Cam gets a double, hits LaMarcus, rotates over to him. LaMarcus hits a wide wide open Seth Curry for a three. You know, Cam just did a lot of great things and looked like a young star out there. Obviously, there's still a lot of progress for Cam to make in this league and to do it, you know, more consistently. But this month, I think over his last five games, he's averaging over 20 points. And you just see the composure he has in these big moments. You know, Steve Nash mentioned after the game, like Cam wants to have the ball. He wants to take these shots. And that's rare, especially being so young, just ready to go. This is two, two essential, you know, Game-winning shots for Cam Thomas. Obviously, we have the one against the Spurs. That was a literal game winner. Tonight was more so a dagger. We saw what he could do in Summer League. And (laughs) this kid is just impressive. You know, just impressive on a lot of different levels. Like I said, not just the scoring, but also the way to handle some of the blitzes in the double teams he was seeing from the Knicks in that fourth quarter and not get flustered. You know, he finished this game with zero turnovers. You know, shot 9 of 21, 1 of 5 from 3, 2 of 3 from uh, the free throw line, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. Just a lot of good stuff, and I think defensively it was mentioned by Steve Nash. He's starting to, you know, have more attention at the end of the floor, but it's about the offense and about the clutch team for him, and that's that's the factor. And, you know, Nets fans love Cam Thomas, but I'm not sure if anyone loves Cam Thomas more than Kevin Durant. We saw the report from Jake Fisher pointing out that, you know, 
Kevin Durant wanted the Nets to draft him. Kevin Durant did not want the Nets to trade him at the deadline. It looked like the right decision because tonight they don't win this game, especially with the numerous you know injuries and guys missing time. Obviously, KD, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, you're down, down offensive firepower, you're down lead guards, and you have this rookie, 20-year-old kid, step up in Madison Square Garden and complete the comeback for your team in a situation where the Nets really need to get wins. They really need to move up in the standings. And uh, I can't tell you how impressed I am and how happy I am. Also, the fact it came against the Knicks. And we heard the the Brooklyn chants in Madison Square Garden. The tweet after the game from Kevin Dur- Durant, you know, uh, along the lines of, the Nets fans were loud in the bar. I mean, the garden tonight. I mean, you could hear the Nets fans. They took over, especially in that fourth quarter. And it's huge. Obviously, you know, the Knicks are the Nets rival in this situation. The Nets have gotten the upper hand on them a lot of the time. And I think the one thing Knicks fans have always said is, you know, we have more fans. You know, Barclays doesn't get like MSG. This would never happen, blah, blah, blah. Well, it happened tonight. And the Nets completed the comeback without their three stars and without arguably maybe their fourth best player in Joe Harris. So a lot of positivity for this team to complete that comeback. And not only was it a 28-point comeback, but it was an 18-point deficit in the fourth quarter. And then Nets were able to come back against a Knicks team that started this game incredibly hot. I think it was seven out of eight from three to start this game. It felt like Julius Randle couldn't miss a shot and the Nets weren't hitting anything. And it wasn't even just like the Knicks defense. It was also just guys missing shots that they typically hit, but continued to fight. You know, you saw some real grit in that third quarter, you know, that helped create that momentum. The Nets won that 29-22. They won the fourth 38-19. to So overall to finish this game, you know, from the second to the fourth, the Nets won those quarters 93 to 68. So the Knicks had that big first. Well, the Nets were able to bounce back and fight back into this game. And like I said, credit to Cam Thomas, who was the key cog in that fourth quarter and all that momentum. But other guys were huge in this game. You know, Andre Drummond's another guy who had a monster night. 11 points, 19 rebounds, five offensive. Also did a great job of getting Mitchell Robinson in foul trouble. So Andre Drummond was kind of part of that surge in the third. He didn't play in the fourth, but you need those minutes. You need those opportunities and you need, you know, those positive plays. And that was something you can get from Andre. And I think, you know, the rebounding numbers stick out. And as a presence on the boards, you kind of just see what he can do because guys are literally bouncing off of his body. But something he does really well offensively that made life easier for the likes of, you know, a James Johnson drive or a Bruce Brown drive is sealing off his defender, opening up a lane for the Nets offensive player to get to the rim. And that's just something we haven't necessarily seen a ton of from the Nets, at least with this group of bigs. You know, DeAndre Jordan used to occasionally do it, but still not to the level in which Andre Drummond can do it because he's just a big dude. Like, he takes up a lot of space out there, and that's just a plus he brings to the floor. You know, free throw shooting could have been better for Drummond tonight, one of five, but overall, I'm really happy with the way that he's played in the last two games, and you can see the opportunity potentially there for Drummond to be back to being a good player. You know, he's not necessarily going to go back to being a great all-star player, but there's a room there's room for him on this team to have a real impact, especially with a combination of Marcus Aldridge, another guy who stepped up part of that fourth quarter surge, finished with 18 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 4 or 6 from the free throw line, including two clutch free throws, also had 10 rebounds and 6 offensive, one assist in this game, and that assist was huge because that was to Seth Curry in the fourth quarter. So LaMarcus back in rhythm, and this combination of Andre Drummond and LaMarcus Aldridge at center gives the Nets a nice little bit of a a one-two punch. You know, these are both 
good centers that both have flaws to their game. But if you can surround them with the right players and put them in the right situation, I think there's an opportunity to really work well with this group. You know, come playoff time, there's definitely going to be changes and there's going to be, you know, needs for adjustment. But for the rest of the regular season, I think you like what you're getting out of these two guys, especially offensive boards wise. You know, we're talking about 11 offensive boards. You know, we went through an entire season last year where it felt like there's probably weeks where maybe the Nets didn't get double digits offensive boards. So credit those guys for just fighting, hustling, and having an impact in different areas of the game. But another guy who was huge in his second game as a Brooklyn Net, Seth Curry. 20 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, 1 rebound, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. And I mean, there was two passes, I want to say, in the third quarter where it was just like, wow, I, I didn't really know that Seth Curry had that in his bag, that he could hit passes like that. And I think that's another exciting element to him. You know, he's just a really good overall player on so many different levels. And He's going to be playing alongside the likes of Kevin Durant, alongside you know Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and now you know we saw him even play alongside Cam Thomas in the fourth quarter. How that allowed him to get some more open shots when he's the focal point of the offense. You know it's going to be a little bit tougher to find some of these wide open looks or these good looks. And he's a guy that doesn't really take bad shots. So Seth, again, in his second game, really has rubbed Nets fans the right way, especially six of nine. Like it's going to be huge when he gets open looks playing alongside Kyrie, Ben, and KD. But moving on from Seth, I thought another guy who continued his momentum from that Sacramento Kings game was Bruce Brown. You know, nine points, three of four from the field, three of four from the free throw line, five rebounds, one assist, one steal. He had two offensive boards, including that huge one in the fourth quarter. You know, without Bruce in this game, the Nets don't win. He helped make those extra hustle plays. You know, he was the guy that got that final offensive board and then set up that Patty Mills shot. Patty Mills missed. They end up getting the ball, bounces out. Knicks foul, but the Nets called the timeout first. So, again, Bruce played his part in this game, and he also did a great job, especially in the second half, of just, you know, sticking to Evan Fournier and making his life miserable. It just felt like Fournier couldn't even dribble the ball in certain situations given the defense that Bruce was playing on him. And this is, you know, this is the player that we've wanted to see. You know, this is the Bruce Brown from last year. And honestly, the way he's played defense the last two games has been awesome. And that's just a level of impact because what not only does it, you know, contest shots, block shots, whatever it is, but he's helping create turnovers, help putting the other team in a bad position and playing with just a super high level of energy. Another thing I've really liked from Bruce, I mentioned on the last uh, solo recap was his ability to get in the lane, you know, looking a little bit more to penetrate and create an advantage for the offense. It's not something that you're going to consistently rely on, but when guys are playing off of him, why not take advantage of that opportunity? So again, Bruce Brown really continuing to get back on track to the guy we saw last season. And like he mentioned after last game, the vibes are up and the vibes are definitely up for Bruce. You know, I don't know if it was something with James Harden or just the overall vibes in the locker room or maybe just the situation or the style change and how the Nets are playing basketball. There's definitely been more uh, player movement and ball movement on the floor since the trade. So it's helped Bruce. You know, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's literally the style of play, whatever it is. You know, hopefully it continues because the Nets could really use this, this level of player on their team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Team, But moving over to uh, James Johnson, who... As always, is typically a mixed bag. You know, he finished the night with 14 points, seven rebounds, five assists, did foul out with six fouls, was six of 12 from the field, but there were great plays from James Johnson tonight, and there was also terrible plays. And, you know, he did what he could against Julius Randle, you know, obviously called for a lot of fouls, was trying to be extra physical with him given the way that Randle plays. And, it, it wasn't perfect. You know, it, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't consistent throughout. But again, at the end of the day, he impacted the team and helped them complete this comeback. So there was enough pluses, I think, from James Johnson. And I know he's not a fan favorite. And at times he can be extremely aggravating. But there were enough plays in this game where you feel like the Nets don't get this win without James Johnson, just even with the small contributions in the way he was at least able to make Randall work in the second half for his shots. And to the final starter, we got Patty Mills continuing to struggle out there. As I've mentioned, you know, numerous times on Twitter and on the podcast, you know, Patty really needs the all-star break. Eight points tonight, two of 13 from the field, two of nine from three, two of three from the free throw line, two rebounds, two assists, one steal. Uh, He just doesn't have the juice right now. A lot of shots are short. You know, he's not getting the same elevation on his jumper, uh, fading a lot in that situation. And obviously without the stars and asked to step up into a bigger role, it's going to be a little bit easier to prevent him from getting those open looks. So not only does Patty need the all-star break, but he definitely needs some of the stars to come back to open up a little bit more for him. But moving on from Patty, uh, Javon Carter, not a great game for Javon. Uh, One of three finished with with two points. Uh, two assists, three rebounds, did also have three turnovers in 11 minutes and a one costly turnover in that first quarter where he essentially threw the ball to Emmanuel quickly. The, net, uh, the Knicks ended up getting a three and he finished the game minus 20 and it really felt like he was minus 20 in this one. Uh, Kessler Edwards played about eight minutes, 0-2 from the field. That's his only stat. He did commit one foul. You know, Julius Randle's just not a great matchup for him. He doesn't have the the physicality or the girth or the strength to deal with a guy like that. And he's also a guy that's minutes have been really high. So essentially, this could be a little bit of a blessing for Kessler to get almost a night off without having to play, you know, 20, 30 minutes and, you know, get his body right. And hopefully he can bounce back in a matchup against the Wizards, which I think benefits him a little bit more. Now, moving on to uh, Blake Griffin, played about 15 minutes in this game, finished with eight points, three of four from the field, two of three from deep, one steal. Blake wasn't essentially great tonight, but he did help the Nets keep it close in that second quarter. You know, he helped them just put up some points, was running some pick and roll with Andre Drummond, uh, had some funky passes where the ball just kind of bounced right for the Nets. But overall, you know, Blake came in, was able to give you some good shots, some good buckets, and that really kind of helped, helped just keep the game within range. You know, if this got to 30 points, I'm not sure the Nets complete that comeback, but they're able to keep it, you know, 28. By the time it gets to halftime, you don't feel as bad. And then, you know, third quarter, you get it under 20. Fourth quarter, it's at 18, and you fully complete the comeback. And, you know, these type of wins just typically give a team a lot of momentum. 
you know, 28 point comeback, missing your star players and seeing a rookie just step up and, you know, carry the load in the fourth quarter. It's, it's incredible stuff. And it's not something you anticipate with a team like this. And if you had told me, you know, during the off season that, you know, this was going to be a thing, you know, we'd see this stretch and we'd have Cam Thomas without, you know, the three stars lead us to a win. I might've believed you, but I definitely wouldn't believe you. You said it was a 28 point comeback and that's what it was. And, you know, we alluded to some of the reasons and that's we're able to come back in this game. Two areas they, you know, essentially dominated the Knicks were, were points in the paint, 46 to 36, something that we don't commonly say about a Nets team. And then also second chance points, 22 to 7. You know, how many times over the last season and a half have we been on the opposite end of that? You know, where the Nets are getting, you know, 10 less field goal attempts than the opposing team. And tonight, that wasn't the case. You know, the Nets finished the game with 98 field goal attempts. The Knicks only 85. That's that's a drastic difference, and it's tough to win games regardless of how well you're shooting when the other team is getting double-digit more shot attempts than you. And, you know, like I said, the Knicks shot 37% from three. Uh, Nets shot 32%. Knicks started this game extremely hot. I think a lot of us, you know, watching assume they were going to cool off. They cooled off probably more than expected, but also some of that's credit to the Nets' defense. I think they just did a better job in that second half of fighting through screens and just not letting guys get to their spots with ease. You know, that was the problem in the first half. It was just a lot of bad shots from the Nets or, you know, missed shots that got long rebounds, set up transition opportunities for the Knicks, and they were able to get to their spots, get to where they wanted to be, and it's just easier that way. And when you have to fight, when you have to work, everything just becomes a little bit harder, and I thought the Nets did a great job of that in the second half. And I'm just excited to see the momentum this creates for the team. Obviously the all-star break's coming up, but there's just a lot of positivity and guys are playing well and they're playing well without the stars. You know, when they're alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and hopefully potentially Joe Harris, which we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, it's going to be easier. There's just going to be more open shots. There's just, it's going to, you're going to have less defensive attention. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Seth Curry. I'm looking at a guy like Andre Drummond, even who, you know, it's a little easier to keep a body on him, but when you're running a pick and roll with Kyrie Irving and he's putting pressure on the defense and now all of a sudden that center has to come back, Andre Drummond's a guy that can just eat on the boards. You know, like I said, five offensive boards tonight. There's just going to be a lot of nights where I, I think there's an opportunity for Drummond to find a way to impact the game. And like I said, there is weaknesses to his game. You know, defensively, he's not ideal. He's not, you know, the quickest player on the court, and I think teams can attack that. But in the right situations, and if you adjust properly, you can find ways to utilize him. And even just, you know, on some of the cuts he made tonight, just kind of hitting the rim or getting getting to the rim and creating a shot and, you know, forcing a Mitchell Robinson foul or whatever it might be, there's some room for Andre Drummond to really be I don't want to say a force on this team, but be an impact on this team. Just be another player, another good player. You know, I think he can be a good player for the Nets. I think Seth Curry can be a really good player for the Nets. You know, Cam is continuing to improve, and that's something that's really intriguing. You know, the Nets just traded James Harden, and I'm not going to get into that or how I feel about him, but the fact that they just traded James Harden and they still have, you know, essentially an elite group of guards. You know, I'm not saying all these players are elite, but the group as a whole, you're looking at, you know, Kyrie Irving, who's one of the best point guards and shot makers in the entire NBA. But then you move down, you have Seth Curry and Patty Mills, two of the best three-point shooters in the NBA and two guys that can constantly move off ball and create stress for a defense. And Seth is probably even a little bit more than that as, you know, a secondary playmaker, a guy that can, you know, create a little bit for himself in the right situation. And then 
you have a potential blooming star in Cam Thomas that just has an it factor to his game. It's it's really good stuff for the Nets and where they're at in their guard rotation. If you know the the mandate does change and Kyrie can play at home, you're feeling really good about the guys that you can throw out there on the floor. And that's that's without even touching you know the two all-star forwards that are out right now and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, or I should say all all NBA, you know, forwards and Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant. But then also, like I mentioned before, you know, Marcus and Andre Drummond giving you a little bit of a one-two punch. And you still have the luxury of having, you know, a Blake Griffin that you can play maybe a little bit small ball five in the right situation. And also Nick Claxton's still here. You know, he hasn't been playing and, you know, maybe the situation isn't ideal for him, but in the right matchups, especially in the postseason, I think there's still a way for Claxton to have an impact on this team. And as we've seen, injuries can all come at once and you need to count on somebody. And I think there's going to be another opportunity for Claxton at some point in the season. So I'm not ready to sell my stock on what he can be and how he can look in some different, really switchable lineups that the Nets will be able to play when uh, Ben Simmons is ramped up and KD is back. But Again, this this was a great win for the Nets and very happy with the progress they've made, especially just from an ability standpoint of playing without the star sometimes and, you know, guys just stepping up and Steve Nash, I think, coaching a little bit more. And I think offensively, like I mentioned, you know, on Twitter on the last show, we're starting to to see some changes. You know, we're seeing. Uh, some actions that are kind of utilizing guys a little bit more rather than just, you know, a point guard dribbling out the shot clock at the top of the key and, you know, running a pick and roll. And I'm not saying that's bad because James Harden has done that essentially for the last five seasons and it's led to a top five, top 10 offense. So it's not necessarily a shot at Harden, but I think it's easier for other guys to contribute when there is more player involved movement. But another guy who could potentially be back for the Nets, we got a Woj update on ESPN and it's about Joe Harris and he plans to practice with the Nets right out of the all-star break to see how the ankle responds and then they'll decide whether he should play through the current ankle condition or get a second surgery. And obviously there's been some rumblings if he does get the second surgery he could potentially be back for the playoffs but who really knows in that situation so I mean a lot of credit to Joe for the willingness to fight through this potential you know ankle issue or potential you know struggle that he might face but again if he's able to come back and even be you know 90% or 85% of himself and maybe a bench role you're talking about three of the best three-point shooting role players in the entire NBA and Seth Curry, Patty Mills, and Joe Harris. And I think that will allow the Nets to be even more creative offensively, but also just create a high level of spacing for a lot of guys to operate. You know, whether it's Kyrie Irving working in the ISO or KD or Ben Simmons trying to get to the rim and set up some of these three-point shots, or even, you know, like I said, a guy like Andre Drummond, who's now going to have an opportunity to rebound the basketball at an even higher rate when there's just more space on the floor, you know. A one-on-one box out with Andre Drummond is not something that's easy. And again, LaMarcus is another guy that will eat when the spacing's there because would you rather a wide-open Joe Harris, Seth Curry, or Patty Mills three or end up with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge mid-range shot? And I think, you know, all of us know the answer to that. You know, the teams are going to let LaMarcus hit that shot rather than see those open threes from those guys. So just... The ways in which the Nets can attack a lot of defenses is going to be really, really interesting when this team is fully healthy. And it's exciting. And I think also it'll be a great test because a lot of new pieces have to gel, but it's also going to be a great coaching test 
for Steve Nash as well. But getting to some of the post-game stuff, you know, Seth Curry, this is via Christian Winfield. Seth Curry said Steve Nash's halftime speech fueled the Nets' 28-point comeback. Everybody listened, took the message in, and went out and played together. And that's what we saw. The team just turned it up. The Knicks were obviously hitting an insane amount of shots in that first half, but they were also playing with a higher energy level and forcing the, the Nets out of their spots. Well, they came in with the right pace and the right attitude in that third quarter, and they came out with, I believe, with an 8-0 run to start the third. And the Knicks, you know, responded, and they built their lead back up, but the Nets were able to be resilient and fight in that fourth quarter. And now another uh, post-game, uh, more from the post-game presser, this is via Matt Brooks, and this is also Seth Curry, says the Nets have had good energy since the Miami game. Whatever the Nets did in Miami or whatever was said, be it, you know, a meeting, a team event, or just, you know, having fun as a group, that honestly changed a lot for this team. You know, it just, it created a lot of positive momentum. And yes, some of that is, you know, James Harden leaving. And, you know, we've seen the different reports with Kevin Durant and James Harden not necessarily, you know, getting along either. And that created more tension. And now I think, Everyone understands their role or, you know, what this team is trying to do and where they're trying to go and that this is a group that's set for this rest of the year and we're, we're competing for one goal. And I think that does alleviate some stress off guys and allows them to just kind of go out there and play basketball. And that's what we're seeing. And it's, you know, guys are stepping up and hitting shots and making plays. And that's all you can really ask for when your team is down. And this was a big win. And hopefully the Nets are able to build off of this win and grab another one tomorrow against Washington and go into the all-star break with a three-game winning streak and continue to work up the standings. You know, still in that playing spot as of right now, that eight seed spot, obviously they don't want to play in the playing game. They want a playoff seed. And with reinforcements coming, that seems like a real opportunity. And again, can't say how happy I am about this win and beating the Knicks and Nets fans taking over Madison Square Garden and having one of the biggest comebacks in Nets history. You know, this was a 28-point comeback tied for the Kings comeback in 2019. I'm sure a lot of you listeners remember that game on the podcast. Uh, probably one of our favorite podcasts. And this this is probably my favorite solo podcast and one of my favorite, you know, game daggers from a rookie in Cam Thomas. But as always, appreciate everybody listening. And make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.